This is a shock podcast. Hello, my beautiful friends, and welcome to the Podball Sportscast, the podcast that let the dogs out. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> uh, today in the House of Pod, we have Karami Kamil. What's happening, guys? Also, Mr. Nicholas John. Hello, hello. Uh, Mifzal has some technical problems with his mic, so he'll be talking to us via sign language. I am Faisal American. Um, the only language I know is the language of love. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the FA Cup quarterfinals, shall we? Manchester United had a 3-1 win over Fulham. Or should I say a 3-1 win over nine-man Fulham. Now, Fulham were 1-0 up until William was shown a straight red. Alexander Mitrovic was also sent off for his response to the red card. Uh, Fulham boss Marcus Silva was also sent to the stands for his angry reaction to what happened. And now he's been hit with four charges by the FA Guys, is there any other way to describe this match than pure, utter craziness? Yeah, it's definitely crazy. Um, I think Fulham were the better team until that William incident. And I get that Marco Silva... Marco Silva, again? Okay. I get that Marco Silva was a bit pissed off uh, with the referee's decision because his team was playing really well. He was His team was running the show. United was nowhere to be found. Um, but again, after reviewing VAR, it has to be it has to be a penalty. It has to be sh- William has to be shown the red card because the ball literally hit his hand, whether intentionally or not. That is the rule. So um, Marco Silva was a lost cause, I think. But Mitrovic, the oh, that was <laughs> not a very smart red card. I guess that that is what they will call unnecessary. <laughs> Shout out, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you see, like you said, the the, the William incident is, is a little bit clear cut, like There's nothing much you can really argue about it. But I think Mitrovic's sending off uh, was sort of like a turning point because I, I think even with William gone, Fulham the way they were playing could have been able to hold on for something here, you know. Yeah. Um, but what once you go down to nine minutes, it's a very, very difficult task, almost impossible. And as a professional, come on, Mitrovic had to have known that you simply cannot lay your hands on the ref, right? You know, you, you are just begging to be sent off when you do. And that's exactly what, what happened. I think that if he had kept a cooler head, even with 10 men, Fulham could have come away with something here. Yeah, and if Mitrovic, if, if you want to put your hands on the ref, I think you can come to Malaysia, I guess. Different set of rules here (laughs) Of course, United are through to the semis And will take on Brighton Who defeated Grimsby 5-0 Meanwhile, Manchester City Had a 6-0 win over Burnley With Erling Haaland scoring a hat-trick Guys, it's only March And he's already scored more than 40 goals In all competitions in a single season Uh, One of only six Premier League players to do so If I'm not mistaken And uh, odds are he is going to smash the all-time record uh, That's currently shared by Mo Salah And Ruud van (laughs) Who's who's (laughs) Roy? Wow (laughs) Very much (laughs) myself. 
<laughs> yeah, but 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 uh, I don't think there's anything left to say about Haaland that hasn't already been said, and and yet here we are still talking about him. Except for overrated, according oh, yeah. to some people. <laughs> But come on, the stats and the goals speak for themselves. Now, I, I think he has almost single-handedly kept City in the race for the EPL title as well as the FA Cup Champions League. Mm. In fact, I'm, I'm interested to know, without his goals this season, I, I wonder where City would be. You know? mm-hmm. um, and I think he absolutely will break Salah and Nistelrooy's record. Uh, there are uh, 10, 10, 10 or 9 games to go this season. Uh, in the league, not including the FA Cup and, and Europe, and at the rate that he has been scoring, he could very, very realistically uh, get another six or seven goals before the end of the season. When do you think he can smash that record? In the first two weeks of April, or after? Karam, <laughs> <laughs> I think the first match, <laughs> the next match. <laughs> Okay, no. Double hat trick. Yeah, double hat trick again. Okay, uh, Nick has said it all. We've said we have talked about Haaland so many times, but I think it's the next step for him. Whether he can outdone Messi in a single calendar year, with what, what Messi scored ninety plus goals or something, mm. I think that is what I would love to see Haaland do. And hopefully, this season, hopefully though, City can finally break the duck and get the Champions League uh, trophy. Um, they signed Haaland. Remember when City were went to the Champions League final without a, without a pure striker, right? So mm-hmm. now City do have that striker. It's Erling Haaland. He's got 40-plus goals now. They should. They really, really should win the Champions League. And I think, I hope Haaland can help them win the Champions League this season. Mm-hmm. All right, so City are up against Sheffield United in the last four. They beat Blackburn 3-2. So, yeah, uh, odds are it's going to be an all-Manchester final. Eh? <laughs> I don't want to jinx it yet. Jinx it. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> Nick almost jinxed it the other day when, when United <laughs> were against uh, who in the... In the you, Europa League draw. Nick said that based on United's luck, they'll get Sevilla and true enough. And they got Sevilla. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm not going to jinx anything. It it might be, but City is definitely going to the final of the FA Cup though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. City going into the final, I, I think quite uh, a sure thing. Lah. But I, I think that if there's going to be an upset in the semis, it's going to come from Brighton. Uh, because they have been the surprise package of the season. Uh, mm. Seventh in the EPL standings, still in contention for a place in the Champions League. Uh, they've lost, I think, only one of their last five league matches. And then there's the fact that they beat United in the league earlier this season. So uh, I, I have to admit, I, I wouldn't be that surprised if I suddenly see, you know, see the results and, and find that Brighton has managed to pull something off against United here. Over in the Premier League, Arsenal had a 4-1 win over Crystal Palace. Chelsea and Everton drew 2-all. Newcastle beat Nottingham Forest 2-1. Brentford and Leicester had a 1-all draw. Aston Villa beat Bournemouth 3-0. Leeds beat Wolves 4-2. As for Tottenham v Southampton, uh, is there anything you guys want to talk about? Any of these uh, previous results before (laughs) we get into them? (laughs) Chelsea, though. Uh, Okay, let's... Arsenal was a definite win for me. But Chelsea, though, I think when Kai Harvard scored the second goal for Chelsea, they were leading 2-1. His celebration was like, yeah, Everton, we're going to get all the three points from you. and Like he won the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. And, 
and true, true enough, Everton scored the equaliser from an unknown player. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, karma for you, Harvitz. <laughs> karma. They probably, they probably saw the Champions League draw and got a bit distracted there. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, let's get to Spurs, shall we? Tottenham drew 3-0 with Southampton in what could be Antonio Conte's last game as Spurs boss. Now, after the match, uh, Conte criticised this place for being selfish. He also said that owner Daniel Levy was why they've not won anything in nearly two decades. Now, if he's referring to Levy's transfer business... Does he have a point? I mean, Spurs have not spent as much as Man City or Chelsea, but they're no slouches either. I mean, they have opened their bank uh, bank book. Yeah, uh, I think over the past few years, you, you cannot deny that Spurs' transfer policy has been a major factor behind their lack of uh, success in recent years, uh, especially since almost every other major rival in the league has been spending, really spending. Look at what mm-hmm. you know, City has done. Look at what in recent uh, recent months what Chelsea has done. Uh, but ha- having said that, I don't think Conte can use that as an excuse because every manager that comes into the club knows the kind of restrictions that they have to deal with, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I-, I think Conte has a point about the players being selfish, but if a manager has lost the support of the dressing room, that's the fault of the manager, isn't it? So, I I don't know what he's getting on here. It's like he's trying to shift the blame. Uh, But but looking at his demeanour, his body language and all that, you just kind of get the feeling that Conte is trying to get fired. I think he knows that it's not working out. And he's he's just like, "Ah, screw it. You want to get rid of me? Do it. Go ahead. Yeah, get fired so that um, uh, he so he can get um, the remainder of his salary instead of just quitting. Yeah, <laughs> and not being paid any compensation. Well, that that is one thing. Conspiracy theory of the day. <laughs> that's one thing, Faisal. But I think I have to side with Conte again. Okay, look, Conte is not the first manager to talk about this issue with Tottenham. Previously, it was Jose Mourinho, and yep. just to say, just to mention that. Mourinho and Conte are both well-proven managers that can win you titles. So, maybe that maybe Conte has a point. Um, maybe Spurs' tradition is just... Maybe their, their ethics or their culture there is not a championship culture yet. Uh, I think the management needs to look into that kind of thing so that Spurs can make the next jump to, to be the one of the elite teams in England, at least. Mm. So yeah, yeah, but then, yeah, but to get that kind of success, you nowadays let's face it, we all they all need a rich multi-billionaire backer, which I don't think Spurs has. Exactly, I mean, they have to make do with what they have. Right? I know exactly, but first of all, uh, the players need to buy in the man, into the manager system, right? When like how the players bought into Porsche's system back then, mm, when yeah. Conte. Uh, went to Chelsea. He kind of lost the dressing room early in the season, but then when he bring in Victor Moses and all the other players, he won the league, and so did Mourinho. Mourinho all, almost did the same thing. He brought United to finish second in the league uh, behind Manchester City. So again, I think it has to be the players' mindset needs to be changed. They need to totally buy into the system and believe that the manager has has and can bring them to to the dreamland. I think. Mm. But but if that doesn't happen, if the players are not buying in, in into that, you, you, the fault has to go on, on, on to the manager, right? I mean, who who else 
is is responsible for convincing the team and and trying to get everybody onto the same page. Yeah, that too. I, yeah, I, I I don't know. This is a very tricky tricky subject, tricky issue. But um, the big clubs, I think, like I said, players need to buy in, and if the players don't buy into the system, I think changes needs to be made and then we come to the uh, transfer policy right where they won't spend they can't spend enough money so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it's a sticky mm-hmm. many many different factors yeah do you think this will impact uh, harry kane's decision whether to stay or leave i think it's down to what kane wants after he finished playing you get what i mean whether he wants the title or he wants to leave his legacy there so Uh, if Kane wants to win titles, he needs to leave. But if he wants to be known as a one-club man, at least, mm. well, he played for Southampton, right, and Leicester. So, <laughs> 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 well, he created We're his name. We're not counting the rules, don't worry. He created his name in Tottenham. So, if he wants to leave his legacy, like how Alan Shearer did and how Thierry Henry did, at least when he was with yeah. Arsenal, then he needs mm-hmm. to stay, lah. Now, a few days ago, we had the uh, Champions League quarterfinal draw Man City up against more German opposition after beating RB Leipzig. They were drawn against Bayern Munich. Um, so, it'll be a homecoming for Pep Guardiola. Chelsea are up against Real Madrid. Inter Milan face Benfica, while it's an all-Italian clash between AC Milan and uh, Napoli. Yeah, I think... Okay, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, City Bayern has to be the highlight of the round, you know, especially with the uh, Pep Guardiola connection. Uh, and 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 you know, the, the interesting thing here is that Bayern is the club where Pep tried and failed to win the Champions League trophy, and City is the club where he's currently still trying without mm-hmm. any success so far. Uh, and and out of all the matchups, I think this one is also the hardest one to call because both are, are such good sides. I think if you look at Milan Napoli. Most people are going to say like Napoli has the edge. Um, mm. Chelsea versus Madrid, based yeah, on how much. Yeah, it's obviously it's going to be Chelsea, right? <laughs> 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 well, um, not not based on on their on on Real's performance against uh, Liverpool. Based on that one, you have to give it to Madrid. Uh, Inter Benfica, I think, is a little bit uh, of a tricky one. Inter would appear to be on paper the bigger team, but uh, they have they've not been on their best form this season. Benfica, on the other hand, have more consistent. So yeah, City versus Bayern is the one where it's it's really fifty fifty at this point. Yeah, and I think uh, for the first time in what in over in almost two decades, I think there's a chance of two Italian clubs to be in the semi final. That is great. Uh, we're seeing maybe the rise of the Italian football again. I'm rooting for Napoli and Inter in in this quarterfinal bout. I'm not, but I'm not going to say anything about City, Bayern, and Chelsea, Madrid. <laughs> the Premier League's last remaining rep in the Europa League is Manchester United. They're up against Sevilla, as uh, Nick presciently predicted. <laughs> <laughs> It's always Spanish opposition. Also, we have Roma versus Feyenoord sporting Lisbon v Juventus, and Bayer Leverkusen face the team with the sweetest sounding name in the competition, Union Saint Gilloise. 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 Saint Gilloise. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm hoping they don't make it just so we don't have to say that name. <laughs> Speak for yourself, dude. <laughs> Dude, I'm with Nick. I do, I don't want to say the team's name on air. 
Okay, uh, back to the back to the draw. I think um, it has to be United and Sevilla, the the match of the round, I guess. Uh, Roma, Feyenoord, Roma and Feyenoord is going to be it's kind of interesting because they were both finalists in the Conference League final last season, which Roma won. So there's some beef there happening. Maybe a revenge mission for Feyenoord. Uh, Juventus and Sporting Lisbon could be tricky. Sporting Lisbon did knock out Arsenal in the previous round, so. Maybe that is something that they could rely on the momentum, the the feel good factor, uh, and Bayer Leverkusen and against Saint Genois, like <laughs> Faisal said. I think uh, I think Bayer Leverkusen is is the favorite because recently they beat Bayern Munich two one in Bundesliga. So okay. yeah, maybe they could continue the momentum. Hmm. So you're saying Bayern versus Feyenoord final? <laughs> But, <laughs> <laughs> Yummy! <laughs> Finally, kudos to uh, Mr. Lee Zijia. He fought his way uh, to the All England semi-finals, where he was beaten by China's uh, Xi Yuqi. Where was this form throughout the year? Yeah, it's it's baffling. I think I think uh, his and not antics. His issues off the court might play a big part. Um, with no coach, playing with no coach throughout the year, almost throughout the year until now. Um, but bear in mind, his this is his fourth appearance in All England, and at least all four of them he made it to the semi-finals. He won it once in his second year. I hope that his issues off the court is is settled now, and he can get a coach. Because let's not lie, right? Because he is our main main hope for to get anything from the Olympics yeah. in badminton. So he, we need him to be in his best condition, in his best form. Uh, I I pray all the best for Lee Zijia, and at least now we have seen flashes of his greatness again in this All England tournament. So let's just hope, pray, and cross our fingers that his form at least to the semi final will continue uh, in the next tournament. Yeah, but but can you imagine how much better he would have been? How many how many more tournaments he could have won if he had a proper coach and, and support team? Because the quality, as as he showed in the All England, is still there. It's just that that those tactical nuances that that needs to be worked on. He could have been could have won more, way more titles. And remember, he's yeah. still young. I, uh, if you want to compare him to Chong Wei, which he does not like. Uh, Chong Wei at Zijia's age right now has, I think, only won one or two tournaments. I think Zijia is our hope, our main hope to get gold in the in Paris uh, next year, right in the Olympics. So mm-hmm. I think if uh, I lost my train of thoughts. Okay, so basically, uh, what you're saying is let's cut him some slack, uh, give him like this year before he gets his act together, lah. That lah, mostly, and we need to be a bit more tolerant with him, with Zijia, with all our athletes. Not not saying that we must settle with medi- mediocrity, but mm. give them chance. They're still human beings. They have feelings, so give them some space to get back to where they were, to get back to their best. And once that does not happen, then <laughs> then, then netizens do your thing lah. <laughs> Speaking of doing our thing, we have done our thing with this episode of the Potball Sportscast. That is not code. Um, it's time for us to make a move. Thanks, Q, all for tuning in, especially you, Adrian. And uh, thanks a lot again to our long-suffering producer, Noura. I am Faisal American. I'm Nicholas John. And I am Karami Kamil. <laughs>